0: podcast is brought to you by Words in Winter, an annual literary and arts festival held in August each year in the Hepburn Shire and surrounding districts. You can find out more by going to wordsinwinter.com. This episode is the third podcast from our 2018 festival, and it's called... How to Make a Writer's Group Work for You. In it, Vivian Ullman, Mary Delahunty, Anne Bolch and Rebecca Collis explain how they decided to risk social discomfort and creative derailment by workshopping together. After three years of facing these challenges, they've joined us to share some hard-won wisdom. In this podcast, They provide some guidelines for safe, fun and effective workshopping and discuss how workshopping can improve your writing. We hope you enjoy How to Make a Writer's Group Work for You. So welcome
1: everyone. Thank you for coming. My name's Anne. Um, First of all, I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners, the Jaja Wurrung, the elders past, present and future for taking care of the land in the way that they have. And um, it feels pretty special to be sharing stories or the the idea of sharing stories on land that they would have been sharing stories for millennia. Also I'd like to thank Maya and her wonderful Words in Winter crew, um, all of the volunteers, uh, for hosting us. We're going to um, talk a little bit about the history of our writers' group. We feel like we're um, eminently qualified to talk about how to run a writers' uh, group because we've been running one for three years really successfully. Um, So we've got a thing or two to say. We're going to... um, talk a little bit about how the writers group has helped each of us in our own work uh, after introducing ourselves and in our work and we're going to share with you some guidelines for setting up a, a safe fun and supportive writers group uh, then we've got a little bit of time for questions if there are any unanswered questions out there and uh, if, if it's necessary, if you'd like to, we, we might coordinate people into groups um, who are actually looking for a writer's group. Um, is there anyone in the room who is looking for a writer's group at the moment? Yeah? Yep, two or three. Okay, so it may be worth um, wrangling the crowd. We'll see how we go. Uh, so... First of all, we're just going to have a minute or so of each of us introducing ourselves and describing our current project. So, from um, left to right, we'll start with Mary, if you wouldn't mind. Thanks, Mary. I uh, am we'll just wrangle right Hello,
2: I'm Mary Dillahunty. Um, I've spent most of my writing life as a journalist, uh, so that is a very different form of writing. Okay. I've now decided. I've now decided uh, to take up the challenge of fiction. So my, uh, my project at the moment is a fiction, it's a novel, based on some true diaries. Uh, my first two books were both non-fiction uh, and were published in uh, two ten and uh, two fourteen. I'm Vivian
3: Ullman and um, my history in writing has been... I started with short stories and had some success with those. I've um, published a memoir, Alzheimer's A Love Story, that some of you may have read. Um, And now I'm writing a novel. So, again, like Mary, it's new territory for me and I think I'd be very... Um, nervous to to be doing it on my own, so that's where this group is really wonderful for me.
4: Thank you. Hi, my name's Rebecca Collis. Um, I'm the token scientist in the group. Um, I've really only called myself a writer since 2011 when I did a, a short course at RMIT in writing children's fiction, so that's where my work's a bit different from other people in the group. I write for young adults. Um, I have, when I started with this group, uh, I was working on a young adult fantasy, polishing off th- a novel, and uh, I submitted it for the 2017 Ampers- Ampersand Prize and it was shortlisted, and that's mostly thanks to this group, which was very exciting. Um, I'm still looking for a publisher. <laughs> um, uh, this year I've been focusing on a contemporary young adult novel which is called Dolphins Aren't Vegans. Um, <laughs> And it's, I'm calling it a crush-com because it's like a junior rom-com. And it's also also a mystery with a splash of magic realism. So I'll give you the pitch. Three teen misfits battle body shame, illiteracy and homophobia, as well as a con artist whose scheme threatens their beachside home. Fortunately, the teens have another con artist on their side, a dolphin with a wry sense of humour and a passion for sausage rolls. Um, So I'm still working on that one with these guys, but I'm... I've also submitted that to the Amsterdam Prize this year. And meanwhile, around all that, um, I make a living uh, as a freelance copywriter. And I mostly work, because of my science background, with um, research organisations and, and tech startups in that sort of
1: area. So a different kind of writing. And Dolphins Aren't Vegans is really good fun. It is. Yes. As funny yes. as it sounds, it really is. Um, my name's Anne Bolsh, and I'm. Um, ...a writer, editor and story coach. I have my own business called A Story to Tell over in Woodend. Um, I help writers and families and businesses to tell their stories... ...from ideas phase all the way through to um, helping to publish... If, um, ...if that's what you need, um, all the steps through. Um, my current fiction project is... Uh, ...the work work in progress is It's called Fourth Drop. Uh, it's in its sixth draft. Um, it's been going for 10 years, uh, but I love, love it as a project. Um, it's a love story set to the tune of the Tasmanian forest debate in the late 80s, so it's got a fair bit of social, political and familial drama going on. Um, I was raised in Tassie. Um, I felt that the effect of that Uh, ...debate pretty severely. Um, Yeah, who knows how many drafts it has to go. (laughs)
5: Um,
1: Before we move on... ...in a moment Viv's going to read a couple of uh, extracts from um, a book... ...no, it's not called... ...it's a chapter called Honing Your Craft. The book's called... Tell it slant. Tell it slant. About the the nature of workshopping and the history of workshopping. But we just thought we'd give you a, a quick overview about how our group formed. Just to give you a sense of how these things can form. The only person missing from our group today, Ilka, brought the group together. She couldn't be here from because of another commitment... ...she brought the group together because she thought we would all get along well. We all have some sort of link to Woodend, End. And to that end, so far we have um, got along very well... ...and helped each other write and produce and be accountable and support. Um, we meet pretty close to monthly. We meet on a Friday afternoon. We submit our work a week ahead. We uh, submit up to about 5,000 words... We allocate three hours for the meeting um, and allocate cake as well. (laughs) And um, we allocate about 30 30 minutes per person and about 30 minutes just waffle, chatty, um, take over a bit more time. time. Um, Yeah, that gives you a a bit of a sense of... um, uh, we're all fiction writers, Inclu- Ilka as well, is writing fiction, so the genre is really similar in this case. Though not, nece- wouldn't necessarily, uh, wouldn't be necessary, um, depending on your experience and and who you were and ha- and the respect you had for the, the cross genre. Uh, so, Viv, if you wouldn't mind reading us a couple of extracts.
3: Yeah. So that's as Anne said. This is from Tell It Slant... Um, It begins with a quote from Tony Kushner saying, "'The fiction that artistic labour happens in isolation "'and that artistic accomplishment is exclusively the provenance of individual talents "'is politically charged and, in my case at least, repudiated by the facts. "'While the primary labour on angels has been mine, "'more than two dozen people have contributed words, ideas and structures to these plays.'" Um, ...so we're part of a tradition. Um, So then the book goes on. Tony Kushner, in the quote introducing this chapter, states the case strongly... ...but not, we think, too strongly. Writers need feedback. The myth of writers as loners who follow their vision and remain true to their inner muse... ...bucking rather than embracing outside help is very much a myth... It was created largely by the writers of the British Romantic period whose artistic mythologies we still cling to, though those writers themselves used one another unceasingly as idea sources and sounding boards. Virtually all writers do. I write, said Terry Tempest Williams, in a solitude born out of community.' The modern writing workshop or writing group is not an innovation, but a form of learning that can be traced back as long as literature and the arts have flourished. Um, this one just says, it goes on, so you can use this chapter to find ways to create your own workshop group. Um, the the chapter ends with saying remember that a group of writing friends once sat in the house during a thunderstorm and challenged each other to write a ghost or horror story and then met again to share their efforts one of which was Mary Shelley's classic Frankenstein it was a book that would never have been created any other way
1: So on that, it's a perfect opportunity to now talk a little bit about... ...the value that workshopping has given to our work. Um, and perhaps I'll start this time and go, go this way. Uh, for me, it provides monthly accountability. Being so busy working on other people's stories... I ...my work does suffer. It, it's one of the last things to um, be listed on the list of things to do. And it's often the case with you know a, a lot of people um, and there's reward for uh, meeting those deadlines the, the reward is the engagement with with one another with with the ideas people um know my work really well uh, it's they um they're witnessing the process and they're with me um on this journey <laughs> 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 um it's an in, it's a, it's a mutual investment actually uh, in in one another's work. You know, sometimes for a couple of months, someone will be a bit quieter on the on the writing front, and absolutely they'll catch up later on and just send. Oh, oh sorry, it's six thousand words. Is that is that okay? Because you know they know that we ha- we haven't looked at um, s- someone's work for a couple of months, so surely we can squeeze in a few extra extra words. Um, I really appreciate the sounding board nature of it, um, the the challenging nature of it. Um, It can be very robust and and kind and polite at the same time. Um, It's helped me with clarity of ideas. Those challenges um, help me think a bit harder about what I'm trying to do and the clarity of intention for the work. Um, and you know, generally, it's um, it's an af- affirmation of where I'm going with, with the work. Over to you, Beck.
4: Um, so this is my second writers group. Um, the first writers group I belonged to grew out of that short course that I did at RMIT, and I only lasted in that group for about four months because. Um, I left because I, I was driving to Melbourne and back every month and that was a bit of a, a journey. Um, and I needed some real value from it. And unfortunately they were lovely people but every time I turned up they'd say, we can't suggest any changes, your writing's perfect. And I knew it wasn't. And I really didn't need yes men. I needed people who could really help me get better. Um, So then I wandered in the wilderness for a few years um, and I I used other sources like writers' festivals and conferences and some more courses and some blogs, but that was a really slow and and lonely way to learn how to write. Um, So I was really excited when Ilka invited me to join this group and I knew her because we used to sing together in a choir. And these lovely people are not yes women, thank goodness. (laughs) And I've learnt tonnes from everyone here, partly by really studying their work closely and that's such a privilege and such huge value in in seeing other people's work and learning from it. Mm -hmm. Um, But also, of course, from their critiques of my work and I wanted to focus on two aspects of my writing that they've helped me improve and one Anne has touched on, which is discipline. Because I love getting their useful feedback, I'm very motivated to submit something to the group every month and that forces me to be productive. And beyond that, they will give me a kick up up the backside when I'm need encouragement to work even harder. So, uh, for example, one week before the Ampersand Prize deadline, I was sitting on Mary's sofa giving them a long list of reasons why I couldn't possibly get my manuscript ready in time. (laughs) And they listened very patiently. And then Anne said, yeah, how about you try to be just a little bit open to getting it done? (laughs) And so I went home feeling a bit ashamed of myself and pulled out the digit and worked very hard for a week and I got submitted on time. So I just needed that kick at the right moment. And then the the second D is for darlings. And this group has helped me kill many of them. Mm -hmm. Um, Does everyone know the expression? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So your darlings are the bits of your own writing that you love... ...but we're actually getting in the way of telling your best story. And this group helped me murder an entire subplot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, actually, I thought it was a subplot... ...but they thought it was a parallel story and a distraction. Um, So I decided to humour them... ...and see what my manuscript might look like without the so-called subplot. And then I was shocked to discover that it took me about ten minutes to delete it. (laughs) Um, Because it was really having no effect on my main story or, or characters. So they were right and I was wrong. And my manuscript was so much better without my darling.
3: I was just thinking that yesterday in the session with um, Susie Fox... ...she was talking about, I think her novel went through about... ...I think she said a hundred drafts. So, I'm sure she didn't... Yeah, (laughs) I'm sure she didn't do that alone. Um, So, I've um, been... uh, ...when Anne said about her writers' groups... ...I thought I've been in about five uh, that I can think of over a lot of years... And they've all ended because people have moved away or, you know, things like it dropped out and the groups haven't been sustainable. So... Um, but I, I think this is probably the best group that I've been in. So I've just written down a few categories that um, where I've found writers' groups really helpful. Um, and the first one is companionship. I should have had mine in... ..should have found letters. <laughs> but I didn't think of that. Um, ...that I think writing can be really lonely. You sort of sit there for hours at a time beetling away... ...and so it's really good to have a a community of people... ...who understand exactly how you feel... ...because they live that life too. Um, Support. I think writing and submitting work is really tough... ...and can be a, a really mean mistress. So... It's really terrific to have the right kind of support when you get a rejection or other issues about how to fit a writing life into the rest of a life. And, you know, this, the, this group of people know how to give the right support um, because that's the life they're living too. Um, and then, of course, there's the actual specific advice and editing suggestions – Um, ...that in this group are given in a really experienced and informed and supportive manner. I actually was in one group um, with Ilka... ...where um, Ilka used to ring me and say after the group, are you all right? (laughs) Because it was not always nice. Um, and then the other thing, is, as Beck said, that reading other people's work teaches you... ...studying it teaches you how they solve the problems... ...some of the problems that you might have. Um, again, it's a, the motivation, um, a cheer squad to help you fight self-doubt. And, and then the deadlines, because you're sort of eager to get the work done in time for the meetings... Um, There's other advice and suggestions that comes out of the group, um, such as books or articles to read or or other writers who are coming to Australia to talk or, you know, all sorts of resources like that. Um, And the other one I've called personal development, and I think that... ...writing, I I think it demands a mixture of almost like grandiosity and humility... ...because there's so much stuff out there... ...so you really have to think, well... ...and you have to believe in yourself. You have to think there's a lot out there... ...but what I'm saying and what I'm writing is worth saying. It's different from what other people have said and it's worth saying. So there is that kind of grandiosity but at the same time... ...you have to have humility to be able to accept criticism. And I think for me, right from the very first writers' group I was in... ...I remember presenting a short story to the group... ...and they said, look, this is lovely, but where's the story? And I thought, first, what do they know? (laughs) But of course they were right. And so I think developing that humility... ...and that willingness to listen is really... um, ...been very important to me. And the last thing I've written is fun. Um, and in our case, good food. We
2: have we put on really <laughs> nice afternoon teas. Especially at Viv's place. Um, <laughs> uh, 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 everyone puts on good food, I think. Um, I'm the ingenue here. This is the first uh, writers group I've been part of... ...and it has been an extraordinary... ...learning curve for me to be guided by these very powerful writers. I think what I've, I've got so many things out of this writers' group... ...that I'm so immensely grateful for. And I'd probably, without trying to uh, repeat what's already been said... ...is to say that a writers' group, when it works as well as ours works... ...and I say that, and this is the only one I've been part of... ...is about vulnerability as a form of professional development. Now, that's often the antithesis of the way the world works now. But I think, as a writer, you are very vulnerable... ...to understanding whether your work's any good or not. And we have the demons sitting on our shoulders that constantly tell us that it's not. And on the other side of the spectrum, of course, is what Beck has described... ...where someone says it's brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Well, a lot of these women's writings are brilliant. But we all know and we can all see the improvement. As a journalist, I had to learn to write fiction. So I was very grateful to be part of this group... ...because it has taught me so much. If you like with journalism, it's minimalist. You You plonk a rock in a pond and as a big splash, but with fiction, it's more like popping a pebble into that pond and working with the ripples as it goes out. So, what have I learned uh, through this group has been, A, to submit my work and to carefully listen to what is missing, and that's been manifold. I've had to learn about place, and these writers will say, "That's yeah, I think that's working, but ...where actually are we? Oh. I've had to learn about dialogue. Um, As a journalist, of course, uh, you you faithfully repeat whatever your source has said... ...as badly as it comes out on the page. So I had to learn to use dialogue as a tool. And I've loved it, thanks to these women. I think uh, expanding scenes... I've learnt. Now, this is probably just, you know, writing 101 for you. Um, but it's a bit like peeling the onion. I had to learn to peel the onion. Uh, the two books that I had published were, were creative non-fiction, so I did create scenes. But uh, as they say, this is a whole new level. Uh, I think the other aspect is, is that notion of personal care that everybody has, has raised. There is a great skill... ...and I've learned it from these women... ...which is to listen carefully to what the writer is trying to say... ...by reading it carefully. And then not saying, well, I would do this... ...but simply say, have you thought about this option? Or to gently ask you questions. You know, why would he do that? And get the author to answer it. And it's been delivered with the greatest sense of self-care... And now quite a bit of fun. Uh, we all know what our favorite words are in our scripts. We all have those little ticks. Uh, we also have a scientist who's been very, very good for me. Um, a fact-checker. Um, but the overwhelming, uh, I think, contribution has been that you have respectful, invested, caring readers. And if you can get that when you're writing the book. You have a good chance of finding those readers when you publish it.
1: Oh, I'm still writing notes about your, what you've just said. <laughs> <laughs> Respectful, invested, caring readers. Hmm. Thank you. Thank you all. Um, so now we've got a, a special list of guidelines for safe, fun, and productive workshopping for writers, which Beck's going to reveal. She didn't want to. You know, she didn't want to turn it around too early.
2: No, no um, the big reveal.
1: That's right. <laughs> we, if if uh, you're a note taker and you like taking notes, that's how you take it all in. Please do. But we do have small photocopies of what we're putting up. Um, of course, you could try and take a photo of that too. Um, see how you go. But yeah, later we'll give you th- we'll give you some copies. So, to the practicalities: um, the who, the where, the when, and the how. Under who, we're thinking about the, 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 the numbers of members that you want. Five works really well for us. Um, if one person can't come, there's still a, a good number to meet. Um, more than five, if we all wanted to workshop, it would take quite a long time. So it's a really sweet spot for us. Um, also if it comes down to a vote about who thinks what is good and who thinks what no- out, there's an uneven number. Um, So, yeah, consider your size of venue. Um, You might want to meet in a privately public space like a library or we meet at each other's homes. We take turns, which works beautifully for us. Um, Frequency of submissions, um, the length of submission, when you'll submit it, so how long people have to read it before actually discussing it and feeding back together. Um, ...and the duration of the discussion. And that all of this, you can set it up... ...and then be somewhat flexible about what's working and what isn't. And we have had to be um, responsive to what's working and what isn't. Um, that's probably been the only challenge that we've had... ...in the three years working together. And we realised that um, we had to set our... This is more about the when. Um, we had to set our meetings... ...well ahead of time and we had to stick to them... ...rather than if someone couldn't turn up... Win, ...then try and renegotiate. Because it gets really messy and wastes a lot of people's time... ...and you know that string of email that is... Uh, ...what? It uh, 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 doesn't, doesn't work. So yeah, we set our um, meetings three to six months ahead... ...and stick to those. And if you can't come, you can't come. You come next month. Uh, so deciding on the, the genre as well... Um, ...do you want to exclude any genres or include all genres? Does it have to be the same genre? Um, As I said, we're all working in fiction and that's quite handy. But I have been in groups where we've been working on non-fiction and fiction... ...and that's worked quite well. Though this leads me to the next point uh, about the level of skill... um, ...some people reckon that you should keep the level of skill the same... ...but then there's an argument, you know, the general level of skill the same... ...and experience the same. But there's an argument there too that suggests that um, then it's possibly... ...or the inexperienced leading the inexperienced. But then what's wrong with that? We all have to learn at a certain pace. And we're all learning on the outside of that writer's group. And so we bring whatever we can... ...but just sort of being mindful, I guess, about the choices that you make... ...about who you bring in. Um, The level of commitment that people have to the work... ...and the level of productivity that people bring. You know, it can be a pain in the butt if no one... ...if someone doesn't bring uh, something for six months. They still contribute, but what are you contributing to them? It it, it can feel, feel a little bit out of kilter. Um... Yeah, so the where has pretty much been covered there, um, as, has the, as has the when. Um, allow enough time to give each other the, t- the time uh, f- for each, each other's work. Um, as I said, we submit in advance and by email a week before... Sometimes it's only a couple of days before... ...but that's only one person... ...and so that, you know, you've read a few things uh, ahead of time... ...and then that person's already flagged that it's coming, it's coming... ...and and it, and it usually does. Mm-hmm. Um, we like to return a clearly marked either digital or paper copy to the person... ...so that they have a reference. You know, we might be jotting notes madly or just not. Maybe just sitting... ...taking it in as we're chatting... ...but then it is nice to have something tangible... ...where the author... ...the the reader has engaged earlier on um, with notes... ...and so you can refer and remember. Um, And being reliable but flexible. uh, That magic combination of being reliable but flexible... um, ...which... It seems to work pr- brilliantly for our, for our group. Um, people uh, respect each other's time but aren't thingy about their own time.
2: And can I just come in <coughs> on the submitting in advance and how mm. important that is, yeah, if, if you don't mind? Um, I've certainly found that looking at other people's work before you discuss it ...and let it just sit with you for a couple of days is really, really valuable. And then when you sit and write notes, uh, either on screen or or on paper... um, ...what happens then when you sit down with the group... ...is that your feedback to that that writer is so much richer. And uh, I think it's absolutely critical. Uh, Again, I say this as the ingenue, but if you haven't read the work... At least a few days beforehand, the quality of the feedback and the discussion uh, is so much more limited.
1: That's a really good point, and on that, I think of some writers' groups actually take up each other's time in the meeting reading. Yeah, done work, done work for me. Um, and so, you know, in terms of that reliability, if you're coming in having... I mean, sometimes, occasionally, we do come in and say, oh, look, I'm not going to actually have the 15 minutes of lovely chat and cuppers and cake to start with. I've actually got to finish reading this. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you do that regularly, that's a pain. That's painful. Yeah. So, thanks for that, Mary. Sure. Um, yeah, so then we've got a few in ta- uh, intangibles. So, you know, the, the, the way that we give and receive feedback is... ...important in life, let alone in a writer's group. But to develop our own stories... ...and to feel tr- like you're in a trusted group. A respectful group. Um, we, we've come up with a few, few points for uh, giving feedback and receiving feedback. Uh, so reading attentively, attentively. Just get the specs back down. ...reading attentively and, and more than once, if possible. Some, some people, I, I don't tend to get to them more than once... ...but some people do and, and it really is a deep reading... ...because by the time you're actually engaging with the group... ...it's a third round. And the other lovely thing I, I, that I often find... ...is that I've got, I come in with a, a fairly strong opinion about something... ...and then we'll have a discussion yes. and I think, ah, that's right. yeah. good point well made. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and that's we all learn from that, that engagement... Um, Be aware of the impact of your mood, both when you're reading and when you're turning up to workshop. Treat the work with respect and honesty. Um, And the subtext of that is aim for professional improvement and care for the writer's well-being. Express... Mary's already tapped into this one. Express your response to the work rather than explaining how you would have done it. Quite a difference in tone and intention and respecting each other's unique process and and, and learning from those processes. So on the receiving feedback side, um, you can request feedback um, on specific aspects of your work if that's going to be useful to you or just ask for a general read. Separate yourself from the work ...and be open to learning, you know, be open to the criticism. Um, And a note here, critique is about the craft, not the person, of course. But remembering that's important all the time. We're learning. we are all learning and our submissions are works in progress. And that brings me to the the last point, which is maintain your integrity. Um, Ultimately, you're the writer. You know the work best... The people around you are trusted confidants but you can't write by consensus and you shouldn't write by consensus. Um, Carefully consider uh, the feedback but make your own choices. Um, You can get in a real mess when you get too much feedback from people unqualified to give it. And how do you work out Who's qualified and who's not? By trial and error, by finding your way, um, coming to these events, hearing, you know, deciding for yourself what's what's important to you and what's what's not. Um, Paying paying attention to, uh, dare I say it, some some good writing groups on. ...social media on on Facebook, I follow quite a few... ...and occasionally there are people putting their hands up and saying... ...does anyone actually want to form a writer's group? I'm based in Bendigo, blah, blah, blah. And they'll form. Um, But you do need to take care to take care of your own work. Um, Most people have stories of workshops that haven't worked... Or have worked to a point, and then they've faded, which is you know, which is fine. But um, I think y- you use your own t- intuition as to whether something's going to work well for you, or some some group is going to, or combination of people is going to work for you or not. Um, anything Anything that you gals want to add at this point?
2: Oh well, I'm I'm going to add a few bits, but. Viv, do you – I was just thinking, um, you know, a writing group is totally different to a a book group. And Mm -hmm. and probably most of us belong to a book group or have belonged to a book group. Um, It's a totally different spirit of engagement. Uh, There are a couple of parallels. I mean, you obviously all read the same piece of work before you come uh, to the discussion. And you all give your feedback. ...but it's often feedback about how I felt about the work as a reader. This takes another dimension. It's, it's how can I support the writer in making that work better? And what I've learned is that I learned from the others in the group the way they write... Uh, ...the way they write their grammar... uh, ...the the way they write their dialogue... ...their pacing... uh, ...the tone and mood of the piece that comes to the group every month. And so in giving honest and, you hope, constructive feedback... ...you're actually getting so much more... ...because you're reading work and analysing it... ...and often thinking, that was brilliant, why was it good... Why did I love that? Why did I love the energy of it? And perhaps you can take some of that into your own work.
3: Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to um, mention you were saying, Anne, about, uh, with, with this group um, that we email our work around a, about a week ahead of time. And, and that does work wonderfully. But I think actually just about all the other groups I've been in have mostly... Um, we've sort of read the work at the time mm. and it, it it does take up time um, but it didn't feel terrible I mean you can probably get through less or the meetings have got to go um, be longer um, but if that's how if that suits a particular group for whatever reason they can't get their work you know they're sort of flying by the seat of their pants and they can't get it done beforehand or you know whatever um, and I was in a group once that met at one stage we were meeting weekly <laughs> so it was a really lot of pressure on um, and actually that was the toxic group <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but it's not impossible to do it that way and and it can it can be done and then also sometimes well I guess the the extracts that you read, ...would need to be shorter. That's a bit hard to read five or six thousand words at the time.
4: Yeah, I think reading reading in advance has really worked for me... ...because the other group I was in we read at the time. But the thing I found was happening for me in that group... ...and I suspect for others was that... We were then very influenced by sort of peer group pressure in the response mm. and I think reading in advance means you really make up your own mind and then you come to the group and as Anne says, sometimes you you know, there's discussion and debate and you change your mind um, but at least you've had time to really decide what you think separately and I think that's very valuable because everyone then comes with different insights and you get you get more value that way, I think. Mm, and I think the main thing in finding a group that works is finding people who are caring about the work and there's not it's not about the people so much. I mean it's it's about we we like each other and, and we respect each other and when we really get stuck in, it's about the work and there's no there's nothing else going on and that's really healthy. <laughs> mm, that's
1: yeah. So enough about us. Um, we've got a, f- a you know, good five minutes or so to ask any questions uh, ...for you to ask any questions that we are really happy to field. And the other thing, whether or not there's questions... Um, ...we're happy to do is do a kind of a group brainstorm... ...about how you might find a writer's group. Um, first of all though, would you... It was, ...does anyone have any questions? Or has it been very clear for the last 45 minutes? Yeah.
5: Hello, thank you very much for that. I really appreciated it. Um, I was interested when you were talking about um, kind of being honest about what could work better as the group structure or format or approach. And I was just interested in what were some of the things you realized you had to change or move on from or develop to get it to work better.
1: Mm. Yeah, thanks. That's a really good question. Uh, the only one that I can think of straight up is, is one that I've mentioned a little bit about, which was we were so being so nice about being flexible when someone couldn't turn up that then we would start changing it even though four other people could turn up and one other person that didn't. The next, the next option wouldn't work for another person. And then before you got it, it got very messy. So that's where we decided that being reliable and flexible is important, but um, that we would, as much as possible, organise quite a way in advance, and try and stick, you know,
3: and stick to those. Any anyone else want to add? Yeah. So I, I just as far as the writing is concerned, um, I have a tendency to overwrite so you know throw images and you know really get carried away and um mary will say i find (laughs) that you know when i take things away um you know the the images are clearer you know if it's too cluttered the reader can't see so things like that so they're um (laughs) well expressed so they don't ...hurt my feelings or because she said, I find that... ...and I know Ilka said to me early on, I have a tendency to do this... ...and, you know, I see you do too. And that's really helpful because then you think, oh, there's nothing wrong with me. You know, This is these other wonderful people do it as well. And then you can hear it and learn then. And I do. I sort of can sort of see my work through Mary's eyes... ...and I think about Mary stripping things away... Um, so that's that kind of thing has really been a good lesson for me. Um,
4: I don't think we've changed anything else about how the group works because mm. I think we we lucked onto a good formula actually. So I think it was, as far as I can remember, the only thing that's changed in the way we do it has been setting dates and if you can't come, bad luck.
2: Yeah, probably raises a really good point um, because. As I said, it's the first one I've done, so why do I think it's worked? Well, maybe, you know, you've got to think very carefully about who you work with. And um, I, I didn't know all these women before Ilka asked me if I would like to be part of it. But I think you need... What I'm trying to say is I think you need one person or two people who knows all of the group. Because you can't really suck it and see... Um, well, you can, but, but sometimes there's a lot of hurt feelings and, and disappointments. Um, so, if, you know, one person knows all the group, or a couple of people at least know one or two in the group, I think you then have a sense of, uh, yes, we're, we're all at different levels, uh, but there's a seriousness of professional commitment uh, to do the writing. Yes,
1: another question. Um, so just to add, maybe
5: helpful. I belong to a group that was three years, um, in Sydney and I moved to Wales about six months ago. Um, three of us knew each other very well because we'd gone through the three together, but um, we didn't know any of the others, but it all came through. Doing and Have that people who that position the Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, good. Mo- a big mob. Mm. Thanks for that comment. I, 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 it fits with something that I wanted to say uh, about uh, our first meeting. Was pretty much about how we're we going to do this, why we're we doing it, and how we're we going to do this. And I think it, we're not always going to benefit from having a central person like Ilka to bring us together. And so you may have to spend more effort on. ...setting up your guidelines and maintaining those guidelines. You know, just even by matter, a matter of course... ...every first, the first few months mentioning the guidelines at the start... ...so that they are gently but and persistently there. Hmm, thanks for that. Oh, we're going in a row. <laughs> yeah.
5: Good, uh, Hi, Long
2: time. Kevin oh, hello, Kevin. <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 uh, and our group is called actually Secret Scribblers and is also a <laughs> one. So never, well one. Well, but that's just a thought I'll throw in and I'll just be <laughs> very privity that luckily our group includes a psychotherapist because when you really start falling off it with
1: a bit of warfare, she solves it all wonderfully. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, thanks for those really good two tips, yeah. <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, yep. Um, so we've run out of time, I guess, to brainstorm uh, how you might form a writers' group. But uh, those people who do... Uh, ...you know, are looking for people to join together as writers, writers' groups... ...how about we meet just outside, we'll, we'll exit and um, we'll meet just outside... ...and who knows, how it might come together. I'm not promising after pulling people together that it's going to work brilliantly forever... Um, We've also, as I said, got some guidelines for you and also um, uh, some, some bookmarks for you to take away. Thank you so much for your participation and your attention. And we'll see you on the page.
0: Thank you for listening to the Words in Winter podcast. Words in Winter is a literary festival that runs every year in the cold winter months of August in Dalesford, Victoria, Australia. If you'd like to find out more about the festival, please go to wordsinwinter.com. If you'd like to hear more episodes, you can find them at wordsinwinter.com forward slash podcasts.